Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca with the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. No EJ today. We just could not work out of time, so we'll try to have him a little bit later on in the week. I'm still up in the air on whether the next podcast will be Wednesday or not because i got a few balls in the air, but uh, definitely stay tuned for when the next podcast is going to be. But hey, let's live in the now. We've got one today, and we've got a lot to go over. Let me just start with this. Kraken have their home opener on Saturday against Vancouver, and we touched on this a little bit on Friday, or maybe it was Wednesday, sometime last week, and the question was about the game being on ESPN Plus for the country. And would it be better if that was like available on ESPN because of the fact that more people could be exposed to the opener? And I watched it on ESPN Plus. It was a nice open. It wasn't like anything over the top. It was nice to see all those people uh, involved and engaged. And they, they had an early lead and they, it fell apart. And Vancouver eventually won the game. I thought ESPN did a great job with Steve Levy and, and all that. And Ray Ferraro. And it was a good broadcast. But and I, and I definitely wanted to watch it because it was the first game in Seattle. But I can't say that anything like the earth didn't move watching it. But I wanted to check it out. But then there's been a lot of complaints. And I did not necessarily realize this at the time or didn't think about it was that it was also blacked out in Seattle. And the first ever Kraken game at home was not available to the local market. You had to watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Well, I'm 53 years old. So for the younger audiences out there, I've lived through this many times before. All right, And it was probably something that my dad, as a sports fan, went through even longer ago. And that is when something new happens that people want you to figure out how to use that new medium and that's what we're going through here and let's just take it back to the more recent times okay there were games that were available on over-the-air television not all the games but most of the games would be evolved in in, in um, over-the-air tv and not all hockey games were broadcast, but this probably makes more sense for baseball because every game seemed to be available on over-the-air television. And there were a few games that were blacked out. But for the most part, you're probably throwing out the nationally televised games out of 162 games. You probably caught, you know, like 140 of them over the air. And there'd be another handful that were blacked out, and then the other games would be available on you know NBC or ABC or whatever had the national broadcast at the time. And you live with that. And the same thing with hockey. Hockey, there were a few games over the air, um, and some games that just were not available. You'd have to go physically to the game or listen listen to it on the radio. Then cable came. And when cable came in the mid-'70s for some, early-'80s for others, it really became a great vehicle for, for sports, where now more games are available, but they were available on cable. And the people that didn't have cable would freak out. I can't believe that game is on cable when it was available to me last year over the air. I can't believe the home opener is not available. I can't believe that Rangers-Islanders game is going to be on MSG and it's not going to be on Channel 9. And there'd be uproar. 
but it's on cable now and what they wanted you to do was buy cable and the best way to buy cable is to make sure that the best games are on cable so you wouldn't just watch over the air you'd have to go out and get cable the only way people are going to stop what they're doing and go out and buy the product is if they feel like they're missing out on something so now we live with cable forever and now it's become the norm and pretty much everybody has cable and now that's become the way that we consume sports but now the apps are coming and games are available on youtube tv and games are available on facebook live and now espn who is a major rights holder for the nhl wants you to buy their app so how are they going to get you to buy it well they're going to get you to buy it by having real juicy games that usually would be available on cable now it's only available on the app we saw it last week with the capitals and the avalanche They put the Blackhawks and the Islanders on ESPN, the main channel, when the more attractive game to most people was going to be Capitals and Avalanche. They put that on ESPN+. Plus. Why? Because they want the hockey fan to purchase ESPN+. Plus. So ESPN comes across as the bad guy and the evildoer, but really what they're trying to do, and one of the reasons, and maybe the main reason why they even consumed up the, the, the package to begin with and purchased the package to begin with was to be able to sell their app. And it's kind of cool if you're a hockey fan that all of a sudden something involving the NHL is actually attractive. Well, they wanted people in Seattle to buy the app. And probably a few did. Yeah, there were probably protests and people that refused to do it and just listen to it on the radio and are mad at ESPN and the evildoers at ABC and Disney for doing this to them. But eventually, you're going to have to get the app, the same reason why you had to eventually get cable, the same reason why you had to eventually get television. That's the way it worked. You watched and listened on the radio, and then the radio became the TV, then TV became cable TV, and now cable TV has become apps. And that's just the way it's going to go. And it stinks. And But I've been down this road before. So I'm not defending the company that I work for because it's happening everywhere. You know, why are a lot of things, uh, we saw this with with the baseball, like and even basketball, where they, hey, games, playoff games used to be available over the air, but then the TNT and ESPN were putting them on cable. Oh, my God, how come it's on cable? Because they want you to watch that cable channel. So it's all about bringing attention to their products, and sports is something that can be used. And granted, there are people that probably feel like they're being extorted But this is the way life works, and this is the way ESPN wants you to buy the app. Well, put the most attractive things on the app, and people will eventually buy it. And the reason I'm telling you all this in kind of a way where I'm like defending the network is to tell you this is the direction that things are going. You know, it started out just like cable. There'll be a few games on cable, then all the games are on cable. Well, now that's the same thing. The app is going to be pretty major, and you're going to find yourself... And I fought it for the longest time, too. But now that I have kids, I have Disney Plus, I've got ESPN Plus, I've got Hulu TV, I got all this stuff. And it's right there on my television, and the quality is it's an adjustment, but then eventually I'll figure it out. The same way I figured it out, because I'm old enough to remember converting from over the air and, 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 and um, antenna, you know, rabbit ears, to eventually having cable television. So that adapt is going to happen. You're going to have to do it. Bring and, back the old days. And that's the way to you can bring back the old days, but this is the way we're going. This is the direction we're headed. So it's not going to be the first or last time that people are going to be unhappy about a game that's going to be on ESPN Plus or not available the way you usually consume it. Well, we have to make the adjustments because the world continues to spin. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's get into the actual hockey. I wanted to get that out of the way. Rangers, great bounce back after that 5-1 loss to the Capitals on opening night. 4-0-1 since then. Four consecutive wins all on the road. Tonight, they'll be home for the Calgary Flames. And then home on Friday, a game I'll call with Dave Maloney with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So a real chance here for the Rangers to maybe get six wins in a row before heading out to the Pacific Northwest to hit Seattle and Western Canada uh, beginning uh, on Sunday. So And so the Rangers on the road for four, then two, then back on the road again. So there's a lot... Um, a lot for them to have to deal with as far as being away from home, so try to take advantage of the two games that they have. It looks like Ryan Strom will be back in the lineup, went through the COVID protocol. That's really going to help a power play that has really struggled. Was it 3-for-24, all three goals coming off the stick of Chris Kreider. Uh, and then Capo Caco, who has been practicing the last couple of days, should be back as well. So the Rangers could only get better as they've played six games and have gotten points in five of those six, four, one, and one to start the season. And there's already been the rumblings about the coaching change. It's so amazing to me that how information seems to trickle out after the fact. All right, there are a lot of people that are anti-David Quinn. I supported David Quinn. But now Gerard Gallant comes in, the team's off to a great start, and now you're hearing how much easier he is to play for, how things are so much better. Because here's the difference between hockey and every other sport. Hockey players don't say anything. you know, So they don't really complain in real time. And then after it's over... After a coach is let go, a new coach comes in, all of a sudden you start hearing the comparisons and then you begin to realize that maybe they weren't really on board with the coach as much as we thought, and now we begin to see the reason for the changes. And Gallant just seems to be a breath of fresh air for a lot of people in that room. I still think David Quinn's a heck of a coach, but give Gerard Gallant, uh, Gallant credit. Uh, he's got this team moving uh, in the right direction, although things have not been all rosy. I mean, they had to come back and win that game Saturday down 2 nothing. They look like a dead stick for most of it, and then they get the three goals in three minutes and 20 seconds and win the game in regulation. I think it was kind of more on Ottawa, and certainly losing Murray didn't help than it was on the Rangers doing anything spectacular, but they hung with it. And the Rangers are doing things they did not do in the 56-game schedule last year. Uh, win third periods, which is something that really cost them last year. Getting a goaltender to steal a game. And Shesterkin has just been amazing this year for this Rangers team. And give credit to Georgiev making those seven consecutive saves in the third period to keep it 2 nothing for the Rangers to be able to come back. So a good bounce back after being uh, really looking awful in that first game uh, for Georgiev against the Washington Capitals. So uh, the Rangers looking good, and they'll be uh, taking on uh, the Flames tonight. Uh, the Islanders finally getting back on track, and it's amazing what good goaltending can do. Sorokin has kind of turned it around here uh, in Arizona and Vegas, and now the Islanders find themselves playing much better hockey over the last few games. They now found themselves in a playoff spot, so after a, a tough start, 3-2-1 and one to begin the season. Sorokin has played all six games, so Corey Snyder has not gotten a chance to play here, uh, but uh, Sorokin's played better. Now, granted, Arizona's awful. Uh, Vegas, that's a good win, though, and, and, and a lot of shots. The Islanders given up a lot of shots here early in the season, 40-plus several times during the beginning of the year. 
but they're getting the goaltending, and they're they're going to be all right. They're going to figure it out. Uh, so the Islanders can continue to play on the road. That was a good win against Vegas, and uh, we'll see where. Uh, it goes from there. Sharks finally quieted down. They lose 4-3 to the Bruins, so the Sharks get taken off of that undefeated list. They fell behind 4-1 early, dominated the third period to get within one, couldn't get that equalizer as the Bruins pick up uh, the win. Good win for Nashville as well as they go to Minnesota. Tough place to play and win 5-2 there. And the Blackhawks still seeking their first win, get doubled up uh, by the Red Wings, who off to that really, really good start to their year. And Lucas Raymond continues to impress as he picked up uh, the hat trick uh, last night. So good stuff out of uh, the Detroit Red Wings. And we will find out uh, whether they're going to be legit as we get a little bit deeper into the season. So the undefeated teams as we speak right now, Carolina off to the 4-0 start. Florida is at 5-0. Washington is at um, 3-0-2. But still, they have not won every single game that they have played. And that's the Eastern Conference out west. St. Louis continues to impress with their 4-0 start. Three of their four games, however, have been at home. But still, plus 11 gold differential which has been terrific for them Edmonton still 5-0 and with the plus 11 and again Connor McDavid on pace for 208 points now you know he's not going to do it but still to be able to even be in the conversation that he might be able to do something that hasn't really been done since the Gretzky Lemieux days that's pretty spectacular so Edmonton among um, the undefeated teams so when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why don't we take some time here? Again, no EJ, but still we can get to your tweets at at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And David says, I brought it up at the end of last season, but I asked if the Canadians would be another 2006 Oilers where they make a miracle run to the final lose and suffer a down follow up season. Six games in, would you say it's a familiar comparison? Well, it's very familiar. You hope it's not going to be like Edmonton where they go the next decade without making the playoffs. Montreal did beat Detroit. Um, big time on Saturday to earn their first victory of the season, but still 1-5 to start the season is an embarrassment. You wonder, are changes going to be made there? But they, it's not like they haven't faced their own adversity, and certainly Carey Price being out of there has hurt, but still, they should not be a team that loses five of their first six games, so we'll see. I think they're on their way to having a season like the 07 Oilers did not making the playoffs. The question is, how long will this be? Is it a full-blown rebuild there? And I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with Carey Price to really ultimately determine whether they're going to have to rebuild or not. Haywood says, do you think that Barkley Goudreau is trying too hard because of his experience? I thought he would be more of a savvy veteran. So I'm not sure where you're going there as far as what, talking about Goudreau. He is a savvy veteran, and he has had some um, some nice goals and a deflection goal that proved to be the game winner uh, back on Saturday. He's been asked to play the middle. He's been asked to play the wing. So it's a little bit early to start judging some of the new guys, especially Goudreau and, and Blay, and although I think Blay has been terrific because with the injuries to Kako, with the COVID protocol for Strom, 
things have been really juggled around with those top three lines. So it'll take a while for everything to kind of settle in there uh, with those players. Um, Courtney says, hi, Don. Who do you think will be the last team left that's undefeated? I'm going with the Canes. Well, it's all about who you're going to play next, right? Well, the Hurricanes have Toronto coming up, so certainly that's a winnable game. Uh, Florida's 5-0. and They've got Arizona coming up. They certainly should win that one, so I think they are in good shape. I think Florida, just a terrific, terrific team. They've got Boston after that, so that's where the streak may uh, come to an end and certainly uh, may be um, – at least difficult to be able to have it continue. Uh, the Blues are taking on the Los Angeles Kings team, which is really banged up, so they've got a chance to continue what they're doing. But you take a look at what the Edmonton Oilers have been. They've got Philadelphia coming up next. I'm gonna I'm gonna go either Florida or Edmonton as the teams that will continue to be undefeated. But uh, pretty pretty good start for all of those teams. Sam Diaz says, "Hey Don." What has been the most surprising part of the season for you so far? For me, it's the standings in the Pacific. Sharks right behind the unbeaten Oilers and the Knights with only one win. What's happening on the left coast? Well, what's happening on the left coast is is you, you've seen you've seen changes, and I think you're going to see even more changes. I think the Kings, when when Byfield comes back, are going to be even better. So I would not be surprised if the Kings uh, will will play better here this season. The Sharks, we talked about it on Friday. They're a young team. They finally kind of shredded that old that old moniker with the Pavelskis and the Thorntons and the Marlows, and they're getting good goaltending with Reimer and Hill. So that's not surprising. Edmonton, you knew they had it up front. It just question would be how their defense and their goaltending would play. But you know, acquiring Duncan Keith has been good. Smith has been good for them. Um, Vancouver, you saw signs last year that they were going to be a better team, and then COVID completely ravaged them. Um, Vegas is going to be fine. Okay, let's not freak out about Vegas. I mean, remember they could have a little bit of a hangover going to the third round last year. They played a lot of great hockey. Pacioretty's been out for them, so I don't think we need to get overly concerned with the starts and stops with some of these teams, especially established teams like Vegas. It's still very early in the season, but I think you want to kind of give credit to the San Jose's of the world that kind of overachieved rather than being overly concerned with Vegas. But we'll keep an eye on that. David B. says the Leafs got absolutely hammered by the Pens on Saturday. What's next for this team? Mike Babcock got fired after a stretch similar to this one. You know, it's amazing. You just continue to blame coaches. And you just got to look at the way the team is built. And really, what has changed in Toronto that's going to make you think it's going to be any better than it's been in recent years? Yes, they can go out there and outscore the opponents, but do they have the blue line and the goaltending to be consistent? Campbell was good in the playoffs last year, but is he, is he a championship-caliber goaltender? That's the question. Do they have the blue line to be able to do it, or is it just a bunch of great assembled uh, forwards? And they lost Hyman last year. Matthews started the season uh, injured with that wrist. So again, we'll take time there, but you continue to blame coaches and you just wonder, is the team built in the right way? And do they have to make some moves in the front office before always having to blame the coach? Uh, Dan says, missed your call on Saturday. Thoughts on Kreider's boarding, suspendable. He did have that boarding penalty. I don't think it was suspendable. It clearly was a board. Uh, but uh, I forget who the player was that was checked. But he, he turned at the last second. It was a bad penalty for Kreider to take. But I didn't think uh, it was suspendable at all. Um Yuki Haru says, if I'm saying that right, uh, what do you think has the brightest? What do you think? Who do you think has the brightest future of the Devils' young core, other than Jack Hughes? Well, 
I mean, I, I want to see more of this Mercer. He's off to the great start, um, and and that's been good. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Heeshear. He was a first overall pick as well. He's been banged up. He's been put as the captain. Uh, so he is somebody I think has a very, very bright future. they got a bunch of young kids there, but I'm probably going to go Heeshear. I think once he can kind of stay healthy and this team starts to turn the corner, I think you're going to see some really – good things from him uh robert thee says it appears that the nhl is the only major sport left where coaches wear suits at games is that an official league policy i remember the rangers coach in the 70s talbot wore a track suit but he isn't uh, but he didn't last long you know i don't know we can ask the ej about it whether there's an official mandate in which you have to wear a suit now the way i always looked at it is this um, and, and, and for the most part, NBA coaches wear suits. I don't think of many that don't. Um, so I don't know if there's a mandate. But the reason, like, based the, – the, in my estimation, and I think I heard this someplace or read this someplace, the reason that managers in baseball wear, wear uniforms is because they are allowed on the field when they come out to make pitch, pitching changes. So they got to wear a uniform. Well, there really is no, other than injury, a specific reason for any of the other coaches ever to get onto the field. Now there's a lot of moving around, a lot of a lot of ground to cover for football coaches, so they're kind of given some leeway. Although we did see coaches back in the day uh, wear a suit. Tom Landry wore a suit on the sidelines. Dan Reeves uh, for a while did as well. Uh, but I just think it's kind of tradition. I don't think it's mandated by anybody. And it, we just Anthony did a great job looking it up. It is not. And also, what happens in the NFL is the coaches become billboards, and they've got to wear all of the you know Nike or whatever the sponsor is at the time. And so it's difficult to wear suits because they're not made by Nike or Reebok or Adidas or whatever the sponsor is. And that hasn't happened in the NHL yet. I think it's a great tradition, and I, I, uh, I hope it, it, it continues. Um, Steiner says, do you think Sorokin stays as the number one goaltender when Varlamov comes back? I think that was probably the plan going in. Uh, Varlamov, they le- really leaned on him because of his experience. But all these games that he's playing, they let him work through his slump early in the year. And if this Islanders team does what I think they're going to do and go on a major run, I don't see any reason why you're going to want to make uh, that change at all. Uh, John says, what's your prediction on Kraftsoff and the Rangers? Do you see the Rangers doing anything to beef up their top six? Tarasenko. Well, again, it becomes a cap situation. Remember the contract that they gave Sabanajad, the contract they gave the year before with Kreider. They're eventually going to have to give Adam Fox a big contract. They just re-up with Lindgren. So when you start talking about eventually Eichel, when you start talking about bringing in players like Tarasenko, you got to fit it under the cap. I don't think they're going to get a top six forward for Kraftsoff. Uh, uh, I don't believe so. So eventually it's just going to be a matter of the Rangers kind of waiting to see if there's any kind of a taker and take the best offer. I think he embarrassed himself by what he did. He could be playing right now if he just went down to Hartford. He would have been there for like a day. And then you saw uh, Blay was out. And then what happened with Kako. And now with Strom missing a week because of COVID protocol. And with COVID protocol probably going to rear its ugly head a, a few times during the course of an 82-game season, he would be back here. And if he played well, he would stick. So there's probably something we don't know about, why he didn't earn the job in the first place. And, and then the garbage that I, I, I'll, I'll accept an, an assignment to the AHL if I get traded. All right, he obviously got his panties in a bunch over the whole garbage thing. And you know what? That's, that's a bad job out of him. He never showed to me anything either last year or in camp that I had to bend over backwards to guarantee him any kind of spot in the top six forwards. And if he went to Hartford and killed it there and just was patient, 
he'd be back up here. So that's a bad job out of him. I'm sure the the Rangers are not playing with a lot of leverage here, but I think eventually cooler heads will prevail, and then you will see him get dealt for probably less than what the Rangers want to give up. But, hey, it happened with Leah Sanderson, and now it's going to happen with Kraftsoff. It's really just a shame. Uh, SK says, who's the player that has stood out the most on the Rangers so far? Well, there's a few. It's hard to say that you're a standout when you won the Norris Trophy last year, but other than a bad giveaway in the game Saturday in the Senator game that, that led to the first goal uh, of the of the contest, I think Fox has taken another step forward. Uh, I think Blay has been great. Um, uh, he has just been involved as much as I think any player has been involved. He's, he's bounced around uh, with, with different lines and has made every line that he's been on better. So he's really popped into my head as a player uh, that's been tremendous so far this season. So those are probably the two guys that I think have been uh, the most impressive. And uh, A.J. Rubin asks the $64,000 question, what's wrong with the Blackhawks and can they be fixed? Well, What's wrong with the Blackhawks, and we just found out Patrick Kane now is in COVID protocol, so he's going to miss some time, and uh, it just continues to get worse for the Blackhawks. Listen, they're in a transition mode here. They've got a lot of work to do as far as getting these young guys more acclimated, eventually moving on from the older players. You know, Seabrook and Keith are gone now. What's going to happen with Taves? Is he going to be fresh after missing all of last year? There's a lot of things to answer there. I, I think they've got the right people in place to make the, the right moves, but it's hard. And this team overcame a lot. Remember, they had to strip everything down after the 2010 Cup because they were over the cap, and they made it work to win two more. All right, But, now, but time is going to run out. All those players have gotten older, and now they've got to move on. And now they've got to just hope, that, like what's going on in Detroit, that these young players can make it happen. There is a price to pay for being great for a long time. The Yankees haven't had to pay it really uh, in baseball, but in a cap sport, you know, with all the money that Detroit spent over the years and all the money you saw Chicago spend and you're winning and you're getting low draft picks and this is just a culmination of a decade of dominance for a franchise and now they're starting to feel that transition. So I just think Chicago Blackhawk fans have to be patient, but I think, I think um, Bowman's got it going right i know he's got some detractors for sure but uh i think they'll eventually figure that out there uh in chicago it's just going to take a little bit of time you saw some signs early last year and then it kind of fell apart late and i think you're seeing the continuation of that this year and it's certainly not going to be a playoff team this year but it's always going to be a destination for free agents uh you know that uh if they begin to draft well they can definitely turn this thing around in a hurry Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so like I said, I got some things going on Wednesday. We're going to try to figure out when. You'll get an alert if you subscribe to the podcast, so don't worry about it. I'll send out to everybody else on Twitter when we'll do the next one. It'll either be tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, we'll be able to nail down uh, the next podcast. So enjoy the games tonight. We've got a few. I'll be doing the pre and post for the Rangers and the Flames at Madison Square Garden tonight. Um, so I'm looking forward uh, to that, see if the Rangers can't get a fifth consecutive win. 
Other games, it'll be the Lightning in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Sabres, couple of losses since their three-game winning streak. Lost in regulation, and then they lost in overtime to the Devils on Saturday. Capitals try to keep things going against the Senator team. You know, getting a chance to watch them Saturday, they're a good young team. Uh, Strutzla is very good. Norris has been very good on that top line. Brady Kachuk is a fabulous player. Um, but they've got... Uh, They've got some issues on that blue line that they're going to have to try to figure out as well, and they're just going to have to learn how to become winners. You don't want to blow two goal leads midway through the third period like they did at home, so they're back to under 500. Uh, Panthers looking to make it six straight to start the season against the 0-4-1 Coyotes. Maple Leafs at the Hurricanes. Blue Jackets home for the Dallas Stars. Boy, it feels like the Stars have been on the road forever this season. Let me just take a look at that. Dallas... Dallas has, uh, yeah, they've yeah four of their first five games have all been on the road. They're like the Rangers; they played a ton of games on the road, and they'll be in Columbus uh, coming up uh, tonight. And then the Blues try to stay undefeated against Los Angeles Kings. So you got a handful of games tonight. So listen, enjoy it. Thanks for getting in touch with me. You can always reach out to me at, at Don Lagreca hashtag Game Misconduct. We will talk to you a little bit later on the week. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.